The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. One problem facing people at many levels of business is how to make time for a work life and a personal life. Do you find that one seems to keep getting in the way of the other? This is the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Even if you're not involved in the business world, you'll have a lot to gain by tuning in to today's show. Now, here is your host, Rick Morris. And welcome to another live edition of the Work-Life Balance. We're so thankful that you're listening to us on another Friday afternoon. It's a great way to wrap up the week as we discuss some project management principles, work-life balance, and everything else that comes along with it. I had a fantastic show last week with Stephen Shapiro. If you guys missed that, we did personality poker, had some phenomenal conversations, uh, did that live uh, right there uh, from a client side in uh, Virginia, made it home at about 4 in the morning. So as we, we profess the... Uh, principles of the work-life balance. Sometimes we don't always follow those principles. But today I get to, uh, as I'm doing this from my home in Birmingham, Alabama, so thankful to be home all week. Uh, Even did a little work-life balance activity this uh, morning. Already took my daughter to see the new Star Trek, uh, which uh, she had been using the date uh, today as her lock uh, uh, password for her phone. Uh, So uh, I promised her I would get her to the first showing of that uh, great film, good film. So uh, we enjoyed that. So uh, today, I got a great friend of mine. As a matter of fact, uh, when I decided to get into the speaking world and do my first professional speech, Frank was there, uh, was right next door to me as we were causing a ruckus. He had to stop his speech and come over and find out what the heck was going on. Uh, we became friends at that point and have been following each other ever since. Uh, this gentleman actually is the originator and founder of the International Project Management Day. So if you guys have seen that, uh, been a part of that around the world, uh, it was his brainchild. Uh, he launched that in 2004. It's been growing in recognition every year. Um, and it's really uh, about worldwide recognition of uh, many project managers and project teams. We, we feel like we don't sometimes always get the recognition that we feel that we deserve. Uh, and we, we appreciate uh, his uh, involvement in making sure that we do so. Um, a prestigious award. He's a PMI fellow, uh, which he was awarded in 2013. Uh, the PMI person of the year in 2006. He's been on numerous boards. He was the president of PMI New York City chapter for 10 years. Uh, He's been the chairman of the PMI Education Special Interest Group. Uh, And, of course, he's probably presented at every single PMI chapter around the world. If not, he's close. Uh, He's co-authored several books uh, with Dr. Kersner, uh, as well as written a couple of his own. He's got a couple audio books out there. Uh, Also famous for his song, The Project Manager Blues. Maybe we'll uh, get him to sing a few bars for us. But uh, without uh, further ado, let's uh, bring him on. Frank, how are you doing, buddy? Well, I'm I'm doing really good. Uh, thanks for that introduction. Uh, uh, I'm probably not going to sing the Project Manager Blues, but uh, it is uh, it has been gaining popularity amongst the uh, Project Manager community. I encourage people to go to YouTube and uh, listen to that three and a half minute tune. Uh, it'll be very uplifting. It's kind of uh, more like we'll call the humorous side of project management. 
Well, and that's what we've always enjoyed about each other is the fact that we, we don't always take ourselves that seriously and we, we try to bring the humor along with the knowledge. And, and uh, I remember sitting in one of your seminars, uh, Kelly, 10, 12 years ago, uh, which is crazy because you're only 22. Um, but, uh, you, know, was, you know, 10, 12 years ago, and you showed me the Ma and Pa Kettle math, which I absolutely ripped off from you in showing my seminars now. But love that. I always talk about, uh, I use that uh, in, in saying that that's what it's like to negotiate with sponsors. But uh, you showed a great video that I've been using ever since. So you guys can find that on YouTube as well. It's called Ma and Pa Kettle Math. Uh, but I got that from the great Frank as well. Yeah, and actually, uh, that was shared to me by Dr. Harold Kersner. Uh, he was actually uh, using it uh, as an intro before he began his discussion on earned value, believe it or not. <laughs> uh, I think that's even better, right? I, I just had a, a conversation with a client this past Friday about earned value and the myth that that, that can be. But uh, let's talk a little bit about International PM Day. I mean, how did that idea even begin? What was the motivation behind that idea? Well, you know, it's, it's interesting that you bring that up, and it's something that you had just mentioned uh, in the introduction. Um, it's about uh, recognition, and um, a real real quick story on, on how this began. Uh, I went through the PMI um, Leadership Institute Master's class uh, back in 2003-2004, uh, so I was the class of 2004, and um, <clears throat> we went through a number of uh, leadership exercises, uh, honing our skills in leadership, uh, not just at the project level, but, you know, for the organizational level, uh, mentoring and coaching and things like that. And uh, during the, uh, the commencement speech, our, uh, our professor, uh, Dr. Jerry Brightman, uh, gave a very, very nice speech about uh, leadership and things like that. But at the very, very end of the speech, what he said was to all of the people in the class, go out and change the world. Uh, and that stuck in my mind. And I said, wow, you know, change the world. Uh, not the easiest thing you can do. Uh, you know, here we are in a project management world, uh, dealing with all kinds of different issues, all different levels of project managers, different kinds of projects. You know, uh, you know, what, how do we really, really, truly change the world? And um, you know, I gave that a lot of thought uh, as a as a graduate of the class, and I kind of came up with this idea of, you know, well, why don't we have some kind of a, a recognition for project managers? And um, I kind of bounced that off some of my colleagues from the class, and I said, well, what do you think? I mean, uh, a lot of people uh, don't really truly understand what, is, what it is that a project manager does. Uh, if someone were to ask you, what do you do for a living, and you would say, well, I'm a project manager, you might get a, uh, a kind of a very lukewarm response, oh, okay, that's nice. But they don't really truly appreciate, you know, what it is that a project manager does and how important project managers and project management are to the, in the world, basically, in, in every aspect of the world, business, uh, government, uh, social, private, uh, you name it. So uh, the, my colleague said, you know, it sounds like a good idea. I wanted to go ahead and, and, and do something with it. So uh, I did a little bit of research, and I was checking out all the different days that are out there that are uh, pretty much recognition days. And I saw, you know, we have Mother's Day, and we have Father's Day, we have Grandparents' Day. Um, back then we had Secretary's Day, which is now called Executive Assistance Day. Um, I found that we have uh, National Beer Day, which I think is getting pretty popular these days. Oh, I celebrate uh, we that National- well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we have National Ice Cream Sandwich Day, and then we have all these days. And I said, you know, we need something that will at least get the project managers that are out there at every level and every organization from 
from small projects to, to the mega projects that are in the billions of dollars, and really get people to appreciate uh, what it is that they do. So I looked around, and I, I, there, every single day of the year, uh, there are at least two or three different holidays celebrated somewhere. Uh, there's no one day that I can come up with where there was no holiday. So I did the best I could, and I came up with uh, the first Thursday in November, which seemed to have the least number of holidays that I could uh, that there might be a, an issue with, and that's what it began. So it became the first Thursday of November of every year, and um, the idea behind International Project Management Day was not to celebrate project management and, and project successes. Um, it really was meant to bring attention to the the work, the dedication, the commitment of project managers and, and project teams who have to uh, really go through uh, an awful lot, uh, overcome multiple obstacles, uh, deal with an assortment of, of stakeholders that uh, are, are range from every kind of personality. Uh, there are unexpected issues that come up. There are changes that you have to deal with. And they have to stick with it. They have to work with their team. They've got to stay motivated. They've got to be resilient. And <laughs> basically achieve the success of the project. So <clears throat> keeping that information in mind, I decided that this is what we need to focus on, not celebrating project success, but acknowledgement and recognition of project managers. And, and that's how it got started. And um, <clears throat> I was fortunate to be working with the International Institute for Learning, and uh, the CEO there, Laverne Johnson, said, you know, this is a really great idea. And she decided to, to really kind of push this forward. And we had our very first actual webinar uh, launched in, in uh, November of 2005 where we um, invited multiple speakers in and we had uh, several different types of presentations and it was done in a webinar format. And every year since then, it has grown and grown and grown. And many other organizations around the world, uh, internally, PMI chapters, companies, uh, have all started to get on board and have these various uh, um, recognition events for project managers. So it's been an amazing thing, and it's, we've still got a long ways to go, but each year many more thousands of project managers and organizations and people uh, get involved in, in this particular recognition event. And I, I have to stress it's not celebration, it's, it's recognition of project managers. And I think that's quite an accomplishment, right, to, to, to birth an idea like that. And, and I've certainly seen it grow over the years, and, and, and people certainly recognize it. And, and, and that's a big thing, right? It, we, we fight for the recognition of the position because of the work that it, that it entails. And, and I think that that's something that plagues the profession at the same time is that, you know, everybody thinks that they can do project management. And while everybody can perform certain functions of project management, you know, there's there's still that advent of well we still uh, you know we we've got 150 projects not enough project managers so let's just grab you know uh, Sally from the mailroom and, and she can be a project manager and, and we still fight against that that kind of perception that anybody can do the job. That is true, and and, and I think that, uh, that that's one of the other things that that we as project managers, and I mean any project manager, regardless of the type of project uh, that they work on. You know, we have people that uh, develop software. We have IT project managers. We have uh, people involved in, the, in building uh, tremendous 
structures like dams and, and tunnels and bridges and, and world's largest skyscrapers and ships and planes and things like that. I mean, there's everything that we could touch, everything that we uh, encounter every single day of our lives is associated with a project. And I, and I think people don't understand that. Uh, in fact, it's really kind of taken for granted. They, you know, I get on a subway system. Uh, you know, no one ever thinks about, hmm, how did that actually get built? Um, I get on a cruise ship to go somewhere. Hmm, uh, you know, wonder who built that or how that was designed. No, no one ever thinks about that. We take all these things for granted, right down to our mobile phones, laptops, iPads, uh, mobile devices that we have, computers, you name it. A project manager and a project team was involved. New automobiles, new trucks, everything. So when, when a project manager is asked by someone, you know, what do you do for a living? Uh, most project managers will simply say, I'm a project manager. And the, like I said, the response is pretty much like, oh, okay, interesting thing. Um, okay, uh, nice talking to you, and they kind of move on. So one of the things that we're doing as project managers, I guess in general, is a little bit of a disservice to ourselves that, you know, why say I'm a project manager when that's not really what we are. Uh, that we're project leaders, uh, we're people that, that organize and uh, coordinate and integrate. We do all these different things. We work with various different people. We're pulling parts together uh, to make things whole. We're, we're solving problems and things like that. So uh, anytime I'm giving a presentation somewhere, one of the things that I, I ask the, the audience, and, and most of the audience are, are people that are in, in project management fields in some, some way, but what I say to them, and I give them kind of like a homework assignment, when someone comes up to you and says to you, what do you do for a living? I don't want you to say, I'm a project manager. What I would like you to say is something like, I am involved in an amazing adventure working with a team of people that is going to create something that is going to have an amazing effect on my organization or for my customers or something like that and build on, on what it is that they do. And I think that if we can get people to stop and say, wow, uh, tell me more about that. I mean, this sounds really exciting. Uh, then, then I think we would have that, that foothold that we need to get the appreciation from from the, the business world as to what project managers really do. Absolutely. And what I say as an elevator speech is when people ask me what I do for a living, I, I simply respond, I make people's dreams come true. And as a matter of fact, what we're going to do is take a quick uh, break. We're going to leave it with that. And uh, when we come back, we've got some more great ideas from Frank Saladis when we come back on the Work-Life Balance. You're listening to Rick Morris. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. Today, every business is in the software business. And business is booming. That's because we live in an application-driven world where the lines between physical and digital 
are blurrier every day. It's a world where billions of connected things talk to each other, where agility is the new driver of competitive advantage, where applications aren't just part of your brand, they are your brand. All of this means you have a new mandate. Build the apps that will drive the future of your business and satisfy demanding customers, or fall behind. Only CA Technologies has the years of expertise and the end-to-end -end portfolio of software solutions to help you plan, build, manage, secure, and scale the applications at the heart of your modern enterprise. To learn how your business can thrive, visit rewrite.ca.com, your exclusive source for insights from the cutting edge of the application economy. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back on another hot and steamy Friday afternoon. Uh, so we've been talking to Frank Saladis, and we were talking uh, about the founding of International Project Management Day. And one of the greatest things about recognizing project managers in, in talking about project management is obviously the value. And, and you know, I discuss this in, in my seminars, and, and we do a whole thing around the value of project management. Uh, but the challenge is, is that many people don't actually understand uh, the role of the project manager and, and often perceive project management as an overhead or as a hindrance, even, you know, as Agile is coming aboard, you know, I've had uh, John Stenbeck on the show, Frank, and, you know, we talked about that, that wonderful quote, uh, we're Agile now, so we don't need project management. So what advice, uh, <laughs> yeah, I love that one. So what advice can you give to help project managers uh, improve their personal brand? Well, a couple of things. One is, uh, you know, that, that quote, uh, I'm agile, so we don't need project management. That, that kind of uh, is a sore spot in, in the, uh, the larger project management community. And I, I think that the better way to look at that would be that agile is just one of the methods that is out there that helps people to manage projects in the best way uh, for their clients. So, uh, yeah, I think we, we need project managers. We need project management. But we also need to adapt to business needs. So let's just say that Agile, to me, is, is a member of the project management family, and it is used for, for very specific types of projects. It's got lots and lots of potential, and it's evolving and continues to evolve. It's very popular. But, uh, you know, I don't want to see people drawing signs that there's either traditional project management or there's Agile and there's nothing in between. It is a very large uh, kind of a uh, mixed bag of things where judgment is important and the, the techniques and the methods that are that are in place uh, for either agile type project management or what we'll call traditional project management, there's a place for everything. 
and and we need to have project managers and and uh, managers and executives uh, to to really uh, exercise very good judgment on how all that comes together. So uh, rather than have any kind of uh, uh, disparity between the different styles, what we really need to be doing is looking for ways to have these things come together for the benefit of the total uh, community that's involved in project management, whether it's business or public or private. Yeah, we totally agree with that. We had John Stenbeck on the show right now. He's got the number one book uh, on uh, Amazon, right, the Agile Almanac, and uh, we we completely debunked that as well. You need both, right? Hybrid is really kind of, of where it's going, but you can't have one or the other. It, it's you, Project management is still going to give you that the portfolio management, that overall the overall uh, definition portion, you still have to have structure, right? Agile, when people say things like, we're agile now, we don't need project management, or the other one I love uh, that I'm hearing in the market right now is we're agile so we don't need a document. Um, that, that's really giving uh, the advent to Wild West coding. It, it's, it's a misappropriation of the terms, um, and you still need the structure. And, and granted, you know, project management still can learn from the fact that, you know, PMI offers a methodology. So it doesn't mean that we have to do everything in the PMBOK for every project, um, which is the flip side, right, to the, the Wild West of, of PMI. Uh, but uh, it's the blending of both and the blending of the methodologies where you meet in the middle and, and everything becomes the sweet spot. Well, you're absolutely right. And I, I think that uh, <clears throat> good judgment uh, and taking in all the information and making an assessment to uh, use the right approach is, is what is, ne- is necessary. Uh, uh, getting back to your uh, question about value, you know, seeing the value of project management. Okay, uh, <clears throat> I, I think that... Uh, well, value is is really, I guess we can define it as it's in the eyes of the beholder. You know, what we value uh, ourselves, what our customers value, sometimes they're, they're, they're a little bit different. We need to understand what the definition of value is. Um, one of the things that I, I like to tell people and I suggest is that um, the first thing that we have to do, okay, is, is define uh, what our own personal values are, we have to understand what value means to the company or the organization that we work for, and we also have to have an understanding of what the, of value means to our customers. And that takes a little bit of time, and, and it means that you have to ask questions and you have to kind of understand different points of view. Now, once we've established what, what value is, and value is not necessarily money, it's not necessarily return on investment, uh, we have to kind of look at things from, from a much, much longer term. We have to look at things from not only the tangible side, which happens to be the, 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 the financials, the return on the investment, but also the intangibles. Like when you do an excellent job, okay, and your customer comes back to you for more, they're not coming back to you because you gave them a good price. They're coming back to you because you did something for them that they absolutely appreciated and they perceive the value beyond the dollars that they spend. And <clears throat> once you create that kind of value, there's something about you that's, that, that says something about you and says something about your organization. So we have to start with this a very fundamental model that I use of making sure we understand what value is and then create it. Okay? Now, if you create value, and value, like I said, is defined in multiple different ways, if you are doing something that's making a difference, that is beneficial to your team, to your company, to yourself, to your customers, you're producing value. Now, if you produce value and people see it, 
you are now establishing for yourself and for your company brand, brand recognition. We want people to remember us for the things that we do that make a difference. So value leads to brand recognition, and a lot of organizations know that. And then if you have that brand recognition and people are coming back to you, they like say, okay, we, we like Rick Martha's work. We're coming back to him for more, and we're also going to recommend him to somebody else. Um, you have produced this very significant brand, and that brand indicates success. So value indicates brand. Brand indicates success. Now, in order to sustain success at the personal level, at the business level with your customers, you have to do something else, and that is you have to continue to produce value. And that is the cycle, the value cycle. Okay, value, brand, success, back to value. And we as project managers and in, in, in every different type of project, we need to take on the project, and we have to have a reputation for doing excellent work. Okay, uh, many years ago, I, I read some books by Tom Peters, and one of his quotes in one of his books was, quit doing Less than excellent work, okay? And then you have to keep at it. So um, <clears throat> what we have to do is move forward to get this, this reputation that we produce excellent work. And that excellent work kind of permeates through an organization, through people, through networks, and that gets you that, that brand that you're, you're looking for. So uh, all project managers need to focus on not good enough, okay? I know there was a book that was written... Uh, uh, several years ago, um, <clears throat> good to great, the enemy of, of, of great being good. And what we don't want to be is considered good enough. We want to be considered great. And I think that if we can have that kind of attitude amongst project managers in every level and every type of project and complexity, then we're going to start to see that recognition that uh, you know I had started to talk about you know, with the International Project Management Day. I think that's a great point. Value also, you know, there's there's value to me in the in the process in in allowing the process to exist. And so there's a lot that comes with the education around what it is that we do, why we do certain things and allowing that process to exist. So so many project managers allow themselves to get forced into following bad process and therefore the bad results and therefore no value coming out of that. Um, in in making sure that we're staying true to ourselves and true to what we're supposed to be doing um, and following that process, um, even in the greatest of odds. So it's easy for us to shortchange. It's easy for us to circumvent, not do the things that we're supposed to do, um, like following good schedules, writing good plans, you know, doing the things that we're supposed to do that bring value. And then what ends up happening is when projects fail, they turn around and go, well, I thought you were supposed to be a great project manager. Why did this fail? Yeah, that is, that is uh, something that we have to be aware of. And, and uh, it is important to note that, that if a project fails, there are many factors that, that contribute to that, and it does not mean that the project manager was the cause of it. Uh, you know, and I think that there's a lot of things we could talk about there. But the bottom line is that there are things out there that we have absolutely no control over, and things happen sometimes. But the point is that we do the best we possibly can that we show people that we're on top of things, that we're documenting the things that need to be documented, we're communicating as effectively as we can, and making sure that we're minimizing the, the possibilities of failure. And if failure does occur, we would understand how it did happen, you know, what were the causes of it, and learn from that so that we can move forward. 
Yeah, I think my favorite quote around that came uh, from Rob Tomsett, somebody I look up to as a mentor, and it's projects fail because of context, not always content. And, and that was life-changing, life-altering for me as a project manager, making sure that, that we understand the context of failure and, and what happened, not always the content. Everybody always wants to blame and understand why, but not the context of the situation of what occurred and, and how we can make those, those procedural changes to ensure that that never happens again. Uh, Frank, we're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, I'd love to hear about um, how you got involved with PMI, how you began your, your connection with PMI. Uh, and some of those types of experiences as well. So when we come back, we're going to be talking with Frank uh, Saladis and uh, some of those connection points uh, with PMI. You're listening to The Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. This is not a radio ad. It's a collection of computers, servers, transmitters, satellites, and receivers, all powered by the most transformative force in business today, software. Just think about how many applications you have within reach at this very moment, and not just on your phone. If you're in your car, software is powering the GPS that guides you. Turn left ahead. The digital road signs that direct you onward, and the engine computer that keeps you moving. Soon, software will even replace you as the driver. Switching to auto drive mode. This is life in the application economy, and the opportunities for businesses are endless. But only if you have the tools to seize them. From planning to development to management to security, end-to-end software solutions from CA Technologies can help your business succeed in this new application-driven world. Learn how at rewrite.ca.com. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back. We're meeting with Frank Saladis. He's uh, been around the world and back speaking uh, at several different engagements. And we actually met uh, Frank on the PMI circuit. It was PMI Tampa Bay because I'll I'll never forget that 
experience in, in, in meeting you there. And, and you had also mentioned you were a graduate of uh, Leadership Institute master's class, which I'm an alumni of, of the 2010 class, and I was also a, a mentor to the uh, 2012 class, uh, which was a profound experience for us. Not just you know the class itself, which I think is cool, but the people that you meet from around the world and the experiences and in, in, in kind of family that uh, that you become a part of as part of that class is was just out of this world. Not something I think I was expecting uh, when I went into it. But um, having said that, uh, and, and we're using the acronym PMI, but uh, for our, our listeners that don't know PMI is the Project Management Institute, uh, and you've been involved with them for, for a lot of years. So how did you begin with PMI, and how has that influenced your career? Well, it, it's kind of a long story, and I'll have to try to make it short, but uh, it really began in, in 1990. Uh, I worked for AT&T, and in uh, 1989, I became part of the uh, project management organization. And my uh, manager at the time uh, required us, all of our project managers that became part of this professional group, uh, to do two things. One is that you had to get your project management credential, your PMP credential, and you also had to become a member of PMI. Those were two conditions. Uh, in order to become to stay with this particular group, so that began the journey. Um, I attended my first PMI seminar symposium in Calgary, Canada, in, P- in uh, uh, 1990, and then went on to get my uh, uh, PMP the study. We had the specific uh, study program through through AT&T and achieved the uh, the PMP credential uh, in 1991, I believe it was, and uh, I've been pretty much renewing that every year since with training and programs and project management and things like that. Um, in uh, 1991, I, 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 I live in New York City, and there was a, a chapter in New York City, and I joined the chapter, but the chapter really was uh, not really doing much. Uh, it, was a, it was on paper, pretty much, and um, I was asked by a few colleagues, well, why don't you step up and uh, do something about it? So I uh, stepped up, became president of the chapter, and helped to build a chapter over a period of, of 10 years, uh, going through various cycles, working to create a board, uh, developing programs in, in the very early stages. Uh, I was the, not only the person who was organizing the chapter, I wrote the chapter newsletter, I sent the uh, notices out to chapter members, I organized chapter meetings, I found chapter speakers, and did all the kinds of things that uh, would normally be done by a group of people, a team. But eventually that grew into a team, and uh, uh, after basically 10 years of, of pulling that all together, uh, stepped out, uh, and we went through the regular uh, processes, and uh, we had new boards come in, new presidents, and so on. I've actually done three terms as president uh, of the chapter, and I have to say that it's, it's been a truly, truly uh, rewarding experience. It's been uh, an opportunity to meet people from around the world, uh, leaders from every different type of industry. Uh, I, I was uh, part of the, I was a co-chair of the uh, Council of Chapter Presidents. I was the uh, president of the Assembly of Chapter Presidents. And, of course, I, I submitted papers and delivered papers at almost all of the uh, world co- congresses and seminar symposiums. Uh, since 1993, so I, I have a lot of history with PMI. I've met great people, and like you said earlier, uh, going through the master's class, uh, PMI became kind of like a family to me. Uh, I have tremendous friends that I uh, work with that inspire me, that 
that we, we kind of collaborate together, and it's just been a, a wonderful uh, thing uh, to be part of, and, and I'm certainly happy to stay with them and, and do as much as I can to contribute to not only project management but to PMI also. Yeah, it was the same for me. I, I had a, uh, a mentor that said, you know, you have to go get your PMP, and, and I didn't know anything about it. And uh, I did it, started uh, going to the, the Birmingham chapter, uh, eventually became VP of Programs president, uh, got involved in the PMI chapters, and, and decided uh, while having people come speak to our chapter that, hey, you know, I think I can do that as well. And uh, my career's never been the same since. So uh, yep. owe, owe a lot to PMI for that. Had had the blessings of being able to go all around the world because of it, uh, not just because of, of speaking, but being invited through through the family members. Right, gotten to go to Chile and Brazil and and all over Europe and all these different places. Been to Poland and in in Czech Republic and and visited those chapters, spoke at those chapters, and and gotten uh, been hosted. Right, and and that's really the cool thing. Right, you get hosted as a family member. Uh, but uh, my my life has been forever changed and forever the better because of PMI. So with I have that, to say the same. P- PMI has uh, has has opened multiple doors. I would encourage any any of your listeners that are not uh, Project Management Institute members to really look into the organization, uh, look into the local chapters, uh, look to possibly find ways to volunteer. There are so many ways in which you can grow and learn uh, by being a volunteer in a PMI uh, chapter. Uh, taking on uh, leadership positions, board positions, president positions. I mean, there's so many things there that that I can say uh, about PMI. The the, uh, the the wonderful things that I've learned. Uh, my uh, honing, continuous honing of leadership skills by talking to people uh, at every level of project management uh, in, in, in that you can think of, and all these different people and their skills and so on. And the one thing I can say is that the PMI members that I know especially those people who step into the leadership positions, uh, have such passion for, for making a difference through project management that it just it's, it compels you to, to move forward, and it's a motivator. So, I, again, I encourage people to uh, look into PMI as an organization. Uh, the, the, it's a professional group of people uh, that, that offers so many opportunities out there for learning and growing and uh, leadership positions. It's just a wonderful thing, and, and I definitely encourage people to look into it. Yeah, for sure. It's absolutely infectious. So I, I know you've probably got 20,000 stories, but what what would you say is maybe your top one or two significant experiences as a PMI member? Well, obviously, there's, there's so many. I mean, uh, I can tell you that every leadership institute meeting that I've been to, and I've been to uh, pretty much all of them since 1991. Uh, each year has been a significant experience because I always meet someone new, I learn something different, and I am always encouraged by the enthusiasm. Uh, what I guess uh, an experience that, that, that sticks in my mind, there are a few, was uh, shortly after I introduced that international project management idea and it got launched and started to become something uh, that people were interested in, um, <clears throat> I was awarded, to my great surprise, uh, the Person of the Year Award in, in 2006, and that was, to me, an awesome, awesome uh, experience, just just that, that recognition in itself, uh, to be part of such a group and, and to, to be appreciated in that way was just an amazing thing for me. And uh, I guess the, the second thing that would be very, very well, of course, my, my presidency at, at the uh, PMI uh, New York City chapter was very, very significant. I learned an awful lot. 
uh, about organizations and uh, leading, especially in a volunteer type of organization, that's almost virtually, uh, well, actually truly virtual. But uh, in 2013, one of my dreams uh, of within PMI came true when, uh, when I was awarded the PMI Fellow, and I think that that was just such a uh, uh, an amazing thing to experience. And and you know, it was sort of, it's basically that's kind of a reflection on 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 what people do over the years to contribute to not only PMI but to the organi- to uh, project management as a whole. So those were two uh, very 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 significant experiences. Uh, my time as uh, uh, president of the Assembly of Chapter Presidents, uh, these are things that uh, I, I will always uh, remember and treasure as, as great experiences. I, I've learned a lot. I continue to learn a lot and reflect back on those things. And I encourage people to keep moving forward, uh, to aspire to these higher-level leadership positions and to, to make the contributions so that they can continue to, to, to move the organization forward but also be recognized for their contributions. Yeah, there's so many unexpected things that that occur when when you do volunteer. And, and, you know, as a business owner myself, right, I I run my own firm, I got a chance in a volunteer basis to practice, which is unheard of, right? How do you you practice to become a business owner, right? How do you you practice and learn and and fail and learn and, and... pick up skills for life um, in running a business and running an organization and having a team and being a, a manager and all the different things and aspects uh, without having you without all the the pitfalls and, and I think um, by going to an organization like PMI um, in, in volunteering and in, in learning all those different lessons and having people pick you up when you fall down, um, was such a I, I was so young when I when I started that um, it, it was such a great learning experience for me um, and those lessons that I learned in being on the board in you know there was conflict situations there was you know all, everything that you have to do in a business world I, I got a chance to practice while I was on the board and I and I couldn't thank them enough for that it is really a great experience and, and like I said uh, people who are entering into project management as a as a new field, they're aspiring to to move up and and, and work on, on various types of projects, but to become professional project managers, um, the experience of, of being part of PMI's chapters, where you get into a leadership position and you have to make you make a difference by your ability to influence other people, your ability to motivate, your ability to coach and mentor, uh, your ability to plan. Uh, all these things are, are, are available to you as you get involved into an organization like PMI. The chapters to me are, have always been the heart of PMI, and the volunteers have always been the heart of the chapters. And there's so much you can learn. There's so many opportunities that are out there. Uh, and, and, you know, you can start out small. You can start out where, um, like, your, your program is about work and life balance. And PMI chapter volunteer work is very, very close to that. Um, you know, my, my take is that your, your family and your health are, number one, importance to you. Okay, that's your priority. And number two is that you have your job and you have your, um, <clears throat> your employment and, and so on. You have to dedicate your time to that. And then number three is you have, uh, if you have that spare time, that disposable time, there are multiple things you want to do with it. And uh, you have to make a choice. Do I want to do it with PMI? Do I want to do it with another organization? But you have to kind of make those decisions. 
So if you find uh, something like PMI, where you can dedicate a little bit of time, and you start out small, and you see that you have made a difference, a very, very small difference at first, but you like it. You feel that, that, you feel that you've accomplished something, and then you step up and you do more, and then you do more, and then you balance it. You make sure that you take care of your priorities. You take care of those things that are most important to you, and then you, you um, uh, provide that support and the volunteer time as necessary, and that's where the reward comes in. Uh, there's no pay involved in this. It's just simply, I made a difference. And I think that that's a really uh, important part. So, so people who are uh, looking to maybe uh, enhance their careers, maybe to get a little bit more experience, uh, considering your theme of work-life balance, once you have your, your work under control as much as you can and that your health is good and you're taking care of your family and you have that disposable time and you want to make a difference, uh, get out there and, and do something that will make a difference for other people, contribute to the profession. Uh, most people that I uh, know of about uh, that are in PMI are eager to find ways to contribute to their local communities, and they feel really good about it. And we take a lot of time to make sure that the volunteers feel appreciated. So all of that kind of comes together, and it makes people feel really special about being part of an organization where they not only make a difference, but they're also shown the appreciation for making that difference. Yeah, and some of the programs that I've seen just around the country are, are just fascinating. I you just I was in Chicago recently, and you know one of the volunteer programs was reintegrating veterans back into the workforce by giving them projects. It was completely sponsored by PMI. Um, so the projects themselves were teaching veterans how to do project management. It was funded by a nonprofit group. The projects that they were performing was was doing add-ons in in building you know better. Uh, things for these veterans, right? So they were be- uh, building out their basements, uh, building on add-ons to their homes and that kind of stuff. So the veterans were getting, you know, additional things uh, as well. Uh, but just the amount of giving that I was seeing this chapter doing w- was truly touching. It was it was absolutely amazing. Then the veterans were coming in and doing presentations, and one of them got selected as, as the best project. So they, they had this sense of accomplishment as well, but they were also learning the skills of project management on top of that. Uh, so the, the, the all-around program that I saw was just fascinating. It was incredible to watch, and things that like that is, is what I'm involved in PMI for, for. I mean, that kind of stuff. Just the giving on top of giving on top of giving and the ancillary benefits that were coming out of it was just fantastic. Uh, Frank, we're going to take our final break, and then we're going to come back and, and have our last segment here on the Work-Life Balance. You're listening to Rick Morris. Today, every business is in the software business. And business is booming. That's because we live in an application-driven world where the lines between physical and digital are blurrier every day. It's a world where billions of connected things talk to each other. Where agility is the new driver of competitive advantage. Where applications aren't just part of your brand, they are your brand. All of this means you have a new mandate. Build the apps that will drive the future of your business and satisfy demanding customers, or fall behind. Only CA Technologies has the years of expertise and the end-to-end portfolio of software solutions to help you plan, build, manage, secure, and scale the applications at the heart of your modern enterprise. To learn how your business can thrive, visit rewrite.ca.com. 
your exclusive source for insights from the cutting edge of the application economy. This is not a radio ad. It's a collection of computers, servers, transmitters, satellites, and receivers, all powered by the most transformative force in business today, software. Just think about how many applications you have within reach at this very moment. And not just on your phone. If you're in your car, software is powering the GPS that guides you. Turn left ahead. The digital road signs that direct you onward. And the engine computer that keeps you moving. Soon, software will even replace you as the driver. Switching to auto drive mode. This is life in the application economy. And the opportunities for businesses are endless. But only if you have the tools to seize them. From planning to development to management to security, end-to-end software solutions from CA Technologies can help your business succeed in this new application-driven world. Learn how at rewrite.ca.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back for our final segment on this Friday afternoon of the Work-Life Balance. We've been talking uh, all hour with Frank Saladis, founder of International Project Management Day. And, you know, again, somebody that uh, I look up to uh, in the speaking world, somebody I've followed quite a bit uh, throughout his career. And uh, with that being said, Frank, um, what skills do you think are really essential uh, for project managers to remain successful, especially those that are trying to break into this, this very competitive field? Well, you know, uh, I, I was I wrote a little article about that just uh, re- recently, and um, uh, the the article actually focused on kind of a, what I'm going to call an umbrella term called communications. Okay, now <clears throat> that is a very broad term, and you know it's easier to say, well, you have to be a good communicator. But the skills associated with that are are, are very very specific, and there are quite a few. Um, one of the things that I've asked people in sessions that I've been at is, how many of you here are excellent communicators? And, you know, you rarely, if any, get anyone to raise their hand and say, I'm an excellent communicator. And, and that's because it's a very complicated kind of a thing. So if we break it down into, well, communications, and what does that really mean? Well, the skills I think are necessary would be that you have to deal with a certain amount of ambiguity. You have to be able to deal with the fact that there's going to be fuzziness out there uh, when you're dealing with your your management, when you're dealing with your your customers. They're not going to know everything. They're not going to have a a clear picture on things. And you're going to have to be able to deal with that. So some tolerance for that is is very important. You have to be a very, very good listener. You really, truly need to, before you jump to conclusions or anything like that, really listen and understand other points of view. Uh, that, to me, is a, is a, is a very, very clear skill. Uh, another thing that you have to do, I think, and again, under the umbrella of communications, is that project managers have to have the ability to be able to dialogue and work with um, various levels of people, from 
upper-level senior executives and C-levels uh, down to uh, technicians and, uh, you know, the people who are the, the physical workers. So we have to have that capability of, of really being able to address communication at a uh, at multiple, multiple levels. Uh, we also understand, and I've seen lots and lots of surveys about it, um, that leadership comes into play. In fact, uh, a, a recent uh, IBM study, this was done, I guess, a couple of years ago, but some of the information from that study was really interesting. Um, <clears throat> the questions that were asked of, I think, something like 3,500 CIOs, when they look for the skills uh, of a project manager, when they're hiring a new project manager, um, <clears throat> the, the top five skills were all associated with what we call the soft skills, working with people, uh, that managing an ambiguity, uh, dealing with uh, executives and uh, uh, speaking with executives, uh, negotiating. And the technical skills actually came in at number 11 out of 15, which was surprising in, in that particular area. So, you know, my, my initial advice here in terms of skills is, is the softer skills, the leadership skills, the ability to listen, the ability to communicate at multiple levels, and, and one more thing that I learned, uh, I spent some time working at, at Cisco Systems years ago, and uh, <clears throat> what we did come up with in our project management organization, that a project manager needs to be what we call technically credible. In other words, you really do need to know uh, about the technology that's involved in a particular project, whether it's a construction project, if you're launching a project, uh, a, a satellite or something like that, building a ship, boat, whatever it is, IT, uh, you really have to know something about that technology, but you don't have to be the expert. We have experts. We have the functional managers that, that, that you, as the project manager and as the role of project manager, are pulling together through the integration and the coordination and the leadership. So I guess uh, if I kind of boil that down to uh, soft skills are extremely important, having a, a good understanding of the technology and being able to communicate effectively with people who are actually the experts in the technology, to me, would be very, very important skills to, to work with uh, as you go forward as a project manager. And completely agree. And, and we're almost out of time here, Frank. So really quickly, how do people get in touch with you? How do they find you on the web? And, and how do they engage with you? Well, uh, I guess the easiest thing would be you can go to uh, www.internationalpmday.org. Uh, my email is my last name, salatispmp at msn.com. Uh, I'm, I'm also on LinkedIn. They can connect me via LinkedIn or Twitter. Uh, so there are multiple ways to do that, Facebook. And I'd be happy to uh, have a dialogue and discuss the uh, uh, project, project leadership, communications, and uh, International Project Management Day if anybody's interested. And Frank's also fantastic to bring into your organization or into uh, any of your chapters to speak. I've heard him uh, personally, I don't know how many times, but every time is, is just as entertaining as the last. So please bring Frank into your organizations to speak. Uh, he's fantastic at it. Uh, the last time I think we were together was on the Intrepid. And I think we've had all the speakers on the Intrepid on the show now. So uh, doing, right. doing well with great. that. That was you know, the resource planning summit uh, uh, created by uh, PD Ware. So, yeah, it was an excellent event and a, an amazing venue. And yeah, it I'm was. I've been a part of it. Yeah, and, and freaked out that I got a chance to actually see the space shuttle while I was there. So, uh, ancillary benefit. <laughs> Excellent. So, again, appreciate your time, Frank. Thank you so much uh, for being a part of the Work-Life Balance. Uh, next week, we're going to have uh, Jay Hicks on the show. 
uh, is the uh, founder of Great Transitions. Uh, he's really uh, focused on bringing military personnel back from uh, active duty and back into the workforce. It's going to be a fascinating conversation talking about transitioning military personnel back into project management, back into IT, uh, and just back into the general workforce. He's doing a lot of training. He's got some books out uh, around that, and I can't wait for that conversation. Uh, so we look forward to that next week on the Work-Life Balance here. And again, Frank, uh, thank you so much for spending your time with us uh, and hope you have a great time there in Minneapolis. And uh, for all of our listeners, again, the numbers continue to grow. Uh, 91 countries is what we're being heard in. Uh, so we thank you all for uh, listening and being a part of the show. And uh, can't wait to have you back next week. You've been listening to the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Talk to you again next week. Thank you for joining us this week. The Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now that the weekend is here, it's time to rethink your priorities and enjoy it. We'll see you on our next show.